My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. Goliath Jewid. Her name is Kalba, otherwise known as the Dawn Speaker. Times called Dawn by her friends from the tribe of Gog and Thea. She's the last of her tribe, and she actually left her tribe because of their tendency towards violence. My friend, I don't believe that food is going to go anywhere. You can look away and plank every once in a while. You know, occasionally, I feel like it tries to tell me things. But everything is so confused these days, I just, I'm not sure what kind of... Oh. Hi, my name's Dawn. How are you? My name is Istra. I venture to guess that I'm doing better than you are today. Would you like a drink and to talk about it? I would, I would gladly take a drink yeah of a drink for my friend here so what what brought you here what's been going on oh well that's a that's a long story honey there are sometimes do you ever do you ever just like look at yourself in a reflection and just think what would have happened if you had not made a decision Pretty much every morning, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, Harry and I, we had a great life. I had my little hut, I had my garden in the back, and I had Harry, and he was, you know, he was living his life all nice and fine. I'm trying to figure out how to turn him back into human, but sometimes these things just don't work. Okay? Your friend... You're talking about the bear, correct? Yeah, my friend Harry. He, uh, well, when I've ha- when I've had conversations with him, he's told me that he was turned into a bear. He's actually a tiefling. So, huh. yeah, it's an interesting story. You'll have to ask him for the whole thing, though, because it's not mine to share. Fair enough. Although that might be a little difficult if he's still a bear. You know, I forget sometimes that not all people can talk to animals or plants. It must be a sad life. A real sad life. I'm guessing you're a druid then? Oh, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I speak to to all the plants and all the animals. They have some very interesting stories if you just have time to sit down and listen to them. Been a while since I've had such time, but it reminds me I need to take a break every day once in a while, assuming I can get the world to stop ending for five minutes. You know what I've found? If the world is meant to end, it'll end. That's just how it works sometimes. I understand that, but I'm a little too stubborn and too attached to these worlds to let them pass by so quickly. So. Back to your story, sounded like you had a 
wonderful idyllic life. What happened? Well, I used to be part of a tribe, but they just, they were just so violent. And I, uh, I decided that that violence was, was not for me. It was not justified. And so I did not feel like I could stand behind or with a tribe who was just so violent. And so I left and I made my way around down here in the south of the continent found myself a nice little grove, found myself Harry, who traveled for a little bit. I built myself a nice little hut. I have a greenhouse, had a greenhouse. It's destroyed now. I had a beautiful willow in the back garden, but we, Harry and I had tea under every day, three times a day. Tea is delicious. And, well, it got burned down. All of it. That's terrible. How'd you survive? Well, <clears throat> I went, my friend Illyris, she asked if I would come with her and her boyfriend Ram and some of their other friends on a little adventure. And I said, well, uh, I would be happy to assist. I did not know that we were not going to be on this continent anymore. We went to a different continent. Usually something French should divulge up front by asking you to go on adventures, but unfortunately, most of the time they don't. Do you have any idea how many plants there are on a ship? Usually not that many, unless the captain's got the thing for plants. I've Absolutely zero. Zero. Must have been rather frustrating for you. There were several times that I just turned into a bird just to fly. Just to not be seasick anymore. It was a two-month journey, and I didn't even know where we were going. They started able to turn into a bird. Some people just have to sit and deal with it. Turned into a fish once. Almost got eaten. Didn't do that again. So it was a bird. It was, it, it was rough. But we went to the other country. Continent. Country. I don't know. We met... Uh, like a like a really big like a really big one of me I didn't quite know I never seen one of them before they had like storms all around them probably like a storm giant is that what you call them probably but we met these giants and uh, they talked in my language which I was very surprised about since I'm real little compared to them and so we uh, we talked to them got what we came for surprisingly peacefully which apparently doesn't happen very much when it comes to the group of people I was with. And uh, then we turned right back around and had another two-month trip all the way back here. You had no one in your group no, knew any teleportation magic. It's a little weird at first, but it's much more efficient than traveling by two months via ship. Teleportation? Oh, no. You see, they're more of a hit first, ask questions later kind of group. I'm familiar with that kind of group. Yeah, that's that's not me. There was a point where I, I asked the plants to just like keep them quiet and keep them there for a second so I could talk to these people. It was surprisingly effective. I imagine they weren't thrilled about that, but I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> Yeah, the look on their faces 
It was worth every second of anger I got when we got back to the ship. Trust me. Well, as long as it was effective and you got what you were looking for, I see no harm. I would agree. What about... What about you? You look kind of... Weathered. Adventured. Traveled. Spent a fair amount of my life on the road, seeking adventure, saving the world a couple of times, but I've... Since retired, I learned it's a little easier to save the world when you're helping get the getting the right people to meet each other so they can save the world than trying to stop everything yourself. So I keep an eye on things. I nudge, I whisper when needed. That sounds like a worthy job. Also a pain in the butt. <laughs> Some heroes are very difficult to deal with. But you seem very rational and very straightforward. I feel like we'll get along well. Well, Mama always did say there was no need to hide your words behind other words. Only more people realize that, especially when dealing dealing with rogues. <laughs> Thankfully, I have not yet come across one such person. Our group is a very ragtag, mismatched group of people. One which I never thought I would ever see in my life, but I have now, so... Sometimes when you see those things, you just don't go back. Uh, no, you don't. So what happened after you returned from, from your trip? Well, <clears throat> we returned, and uh, the entire capital was on fire. The whole thing. The whole thing. Oh my. Yeah. I remember that now. I wasn't sure exactly what you were talking about, but now... Yes. Actually, part of why I started coming this way is to make, see if there's anything bigger going on. Well, let me give you a little rundown, okay? So, there's three different warring criminal organizations right now. There's the Crimson Roses, and she like she like points to um, a bandana on her head that has a, a red crimson embroidered rose. There's the Crimson Roses, which... I have pledged my my allegiance to. And then there is the flock, which is run by a white kanku that our current leader is trying to destroy. And then there is another organization led by a gosh darn beholder. That's very disturbing. Have you ever seen... A beholder fight a vampire? Oh, and I don't know if I want to- wait, no. Yes, I have. It is- oh. It is traumatic. And there are a lot of casualties. Yes. I remember- I try and block that out whenever possible. It's one of the more disturbing incidents that I've witnessed. Yes, yeah, so that was what happened last week. And me- being a potion brewer, I attempted to heal and help as many people as possible. There are just some people you cannot save. Very unfortunate truth. And after I could not save someone, Rem just walked up behind me. And th the dead person just like popped up. But it, they weren't the same person. 
And I asked him about it, and he was like, oh, no problem. I just do in necromancy, and now since, you know, the vampire's in charge, and my girlfriend is his daughter, nobody cares. And it's just wrong. It's just never been a fan of necromancy. It's just not how the circle of life goes. You, you, you get born, you grow up, you get hurt, you get healed. I do the heal. And then you die. When you die, you die. That's what happens. But no. So yeah, I'm a little, little shell-shocked right now. Yeah, necromancy is a very weird art. Because in a way, it's not always bringing a soul back, but animating the body that the soul left behind. And it's... First time I saw it, I... Ran screaming and threw something at the necromancer, and it didn't last long. It was not my finest reaction to something, but it was when the pile of body starts moving. It's what else do you do? It's just straight unnerving. That's that's all that it is. It's straight unnerving. I still have dreams where the bodies are. Shambling after me. Those aren't fun. Not the worst, but they're not fun. They are, uh. They are interesting. That's for sure. So, was it the warding of these three groups that burned the capital to the ground, or what happened? Well, you see, as soon as we got off the ship, like, there were a couple little fires, and then all of a sudden, a, an entire building just completely exploded and the fires just spread and spread and spread and no matter what I did no matter what I tried to do it just started burning and then the forest caught fire and oh boy was I mad and then the next day when the fires went out I went back to check on Harry and I went back to check on my hut and my hut was gone just go. Very sorry to hear that. It's alright. You know, after my hut got destroyed, I told Harry that, well, as he always has, that he was free to do whatever he so wished. And as soon as I found a cure for whatever he has, I will go back and I will find him and I will help him. I've always kind of been a wanderer. Just roaming around, never settled down for too long. And I think this was somebody's way of telling me that it's time to keep wandering. No more settling down. Yeah, the life of a wanderer is not one that tends to let you leave it, as I've discovered. Yeah, it seems that way. Once a wanderer, always a wanderer. It's in that way, if you think about it, the world is your home. And you get to see more of it than most do. Some people are content to spend their entire life in one place, only surrounded by that which they know. They're not willing to take that step out into something they don't know to see what might be out there. You know, I've never thought about it that way. You spend a lot of time on the road by yourself. You have a lot of time to think. I've spent so much time on the road with Harry having conversations with him that I never stopped to think about myself. You've given me a lot to think about, too. 
matter what other people say, it's okay to take time for yourself and put yourself first. Because you can't save the world if you're not taking care of yourself. You can't save anyone. That's a really good point. It may have had to lock a few of my friends in healing temples so they would take some time to rest and heal before they ran off to do something stupid. <laughs> they eventually That's... forgave me. <laughs> that sounds exactly like something that I would have to do. Did you ever find out what caused the virus? Not yet, no. I'm just taking a break here at this inn. Trying to recoup a little bit before going out and helping out some more. Uh, good thing to do. Especially with all that's going on, I have a feeling that your adventure has only begun. Oh, I have no doubt that it's only just begun. And the fact is, and the, well, the fact of the matter is, I have a feeling it's about to get a whole lot more interesting too. It's usually how it goes. It starts with one thing that leaves you wondering what the hell just happened, and then next thing you know, that's nowhere near the weirdest thing that's happened to you. You know, I used to think that the weirdest thing I ever saw was Harry. And now, I've seen a giant. I've seen a really, really, I mean, really big fish try to eat me. And I keep thinking, I don't think it can get much weirder. And every time I say that, it gets Weirder. I've stopped saying it. I refuse. I think the universe is just taking it as a challenge at this point. That's right up there with what could possibly go wrong. Oh, I don't say that anymore because I, I said it once. I almost died. I ain't doing that again. Mm, no, thank you. The one saw man who is particularly cocky. It explode after he said that? We're still not sure to why or how or what happened there but he made the comment and next thing you know he's ash flying through the air thankfully we all already had our face covered otherwise that would have been more uncomfortable yeah i can't i don't think i could imagine something like that i don't recommend you trying it was not fun it does not sound like the least bit of fun which is why I think sometimes when you say things like that out loud, the universe takes it as a challenge. I've just, I've just stopped saying it. I can't do it. I can't go through that again. I will lose my mind. So I'm curious, how, how did you come to be a member of this gang? Well, I've only been settled down here for about a year and I, uh, back when the old king was still in charge, I I came to the capital, and I got a little overwhelmed. There's a lot of people here, so I went out to the woods where I always feel most comfortable. Went a couple miles into the woods, started building myself a little life, settled down with Harry, and just take a break from wandering around. And so I started looking at the, the local greenery, started brewing some potions, because occasionally there would be a couple people who would be hurt, stumbled across my, across my cabin, took them in, healed them up, sent them on their way. They come back every once in a while for tea. Not often, but occasionally. They're in the area. And one night, 
Harry and I were just having some, some late night tea in the cabin, in the little hut. And a very pale man just walked up. He said, hi, my name is Samuel. I have a proposition for you. And I said, well, hello, Samuel. Come sit down and have some tea and we can talk about some sort of proposal that you have. And so he asked me what I do out here. And I said, well, I brew potions. I take care of the wounded animals, people, plants come across me. And he asked if I would like to help more people. And I said, well, yes, of course. I, my, I am a helper. That's what I do. So he told me what the Crimson Roses were. I said, that sounds like a good little tribe to me. I joined. He gave me my little headband right here. It's like one of my favorite items I have. And then he he sent his daughter, Alyris, to come and, and get the potion shipments every week. And we became friends. And every time she came to get shipments, we had some tea together, got talking. And so we became friends. And then after we became friends, there was a couple times where her, her dad, King Samuel, didn't feel comfortable sending her out on little missions alone. So I, he would ask if I would go with, since he knows that I would never let her die or anyone die if I had the power to, to stop it. So did that for a couple couple months and then she uh, stopped coming to see me. She helped out with her dad. And then, uh, unbeknownst to me, they brought down the entire castle in the mountain. The whole mountain brought it down. That was them? Yep. Yep, that was... That was them. Very impressive. Must have taken a lot of planning. And some unique connections to be able to do so. Maybe curious to know how they did it. You know... I've been a little bit too scared to ask, but once I know, I'll tell you, because that's some intense... Fairly fair. Yeah. After that all happened, uh, I, I kept myself to the woods, and then uh, came to town for some, some ingredients, was pulled aside, brought into a chamber with the new king, King Samuel, and he asked if I would again accompany Illyris on a trip on a mission and i said well yes sir of course i would be more than willing to and then he sends me across the ocean must have trusted you very much to trust you on such a long trip well i would hope so but i now officially hate the ocean it is not my friend no thank you no thank you imagine Having such a long trip as a first trip did not help your lagging of it. Not at all. And I know I keep coming back to this, but I was almost eaten. That's understandable that you keep coming back to that difficult thing to get over. Imagine almost getting eaten in your normal form. The last thing that goes through your mind when that happens is, I hope the bastard gets indigestion. Well, <laughs> considering the fact that I pretty much decayed his entire insides and then broke out. Yeah, he got a little bit of indigestion. Mm. It's a very effective way to get out. I just had daggers on me. He had a bit of a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I hope you got all your daggers back. I didn't necessarily want them back, and I had commissioned some new ones, so. <laughs> oh, that sounds like, that sounds like an interesting tale. It's, yeah, there's a lot more to that story. Who all survived the fire? Did, did the king survive? Well, <clears throat> he's a vampire. So he survived. A majority of the higher member, higher ranked members of the uh, Crimson Roses survived. I don't uh, become higher ranking member in a gang for nothing. It's, it's very true. Very true. Uh, me and all my friends, we survived, of course. Sitting right here. And... Well, they're still, still singing. Me and my friends, we, uh, well, I, mostly, focused on just getting people out of the fires and safe, away from it. So, uh, we said, we helped set up a little refugee camp about a mile away from the capital. We have spellcasters that are helping create food and water. We have, you know, everyday people helping cook and clean and organize things. This little refugee camp that we set up because it's uh there's not much left. I noticed the camp. It's considering what else happened, they're doing pretty well, but it's going to be a very, very long time before everything gets back to any semblance of normal. That's very true. Or whatever the nor new normal is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what normal is anymore. Honestly, me either. Well, no, that's not true. I just have a very different definition of normal than most people. Because, honestly, there's very little that surprises me anymore. Yeah, you see, I'm just, I'm not at that level yet. that you never get there. It's not a fun journey. I'll take your word for it. I keep hoping that the things they warn us about are not actually going to be there. It's a fool's errand. I just should stop. I should just not do that anymore. I should just expect it to go wrong in every way that it can go wrong. Because it will. The best way to be prepared, that's for sure. Yeah. Especially when you have a connection such as you do with the king. Yeah, that's, that's true. He did, you know, the first ever task that I did for him, besides brewing my potions, was... <clears throat> I went out, and I just simply asked. I was like, hello, I would like to know if I could have an audience with, with King Samuel. And they were like, who are you? And I was like, my name is the Dawn Speaker. That's what he knows me as. And they were like, oh, well, of course. I did not expect to be treated that way. I thought I was kind of low on the totem pole. Apparently, I'm a little higher than I thought I was. Anyways, I go in. And I asked him, I said, hello, your majesty. I was wondering if I could help in any way. Because after, after the mountain just came down, there was a lot of stuff that happened after that. He said, well, what other talents do you have besides making potions? And I says, well, I'm talented with plants and animals. And he asked if I could go and help the farms around the area produce more crops faster so I went for an entire week I just went and for eight hours each day I 
performed a spell that helped all the crops in the entire mile radius from where I was grow faster, produce more. And what do I get as a thanks? I get sent overseas. It's a sign of trust and sometimes people in power don't realize how unpleasant that can be. Got a lot of gold from it, though. That was nice. Oh, I can imagine. It's one perk of traveling far is they pay you a little extra because they think you might need a little extra to get home. Well, that's true. And also correct. There are perks to having a friend who's a ship captain. You have a friend who's a ship captain? Yes, helped him out of a few rough spots. Fortunately, he mostly operates far from here. You know, that would be an interesting career path to be a ship captain. Some people enjoy it. I've considered it and I've never done it long term, though. It Unders was just in some unique situations. Yeah. Y you know, while I was aboard that ship, it wasn't all bad as much as I focus on the bad. I did learn how to shoot one of them really big black cannon things that go boom. That was fun. Oh, those are so much fun to shoot. It's a little startling at first, but when you're the one shooting it and then you're being attacked by pirates, it's a I probably enjoyed that a little more than I should have. We got attacked by the same group of pirates twice. Once on the way there and once on the way back. And, you know... Once you call down lightning from a clear sky and, like, incinerate one of the pirates, they tend to bug off. But when they came around the second time, I looked at them and I said, Now, I ain't in the mood for a fight today, so I can either call down lightning again and burn your entire ship, or you can just leave us alone. And they, funny enough, looked it up and said, Oh no. No, no, we're good. And they got back on their own ship and sailed right away. Because I wasn't having any of that today. Mm -mm. Not every day you get to scare the pants off some pirates. I'm but it's oh, so satisfying. I'm pretty sure one of them wet themselves. I may have ran into that group before. It's it's possible. I've bumped into some pirates in this area. and There's one that the second they think... They recognize the ship I'm on. They back. They run away as soon as possible. <laughs> I just fired off a magical flare, and they run like little puppies with their tails between their legs. It's hilarious. That will be something fun. You know, I think that next time I ever see a pirate, I'm just gonna call lightning down on their ship right away. And that way, they're just like, "Oh, crap! That's her." We ain't doing this today. No, thank you. If you want to play around with them for a little bit, because also not all pirates are bad. Some are just there in the gray area. But if you call down lightning near their ship, most of them will run. If they continue to try and attack you, there's they're probably a little more intent than the rest. That's when you call down the lightning on their ship. You know, I think that's a pretty good idea. It's like the same way that the captain instructed us to fire a couple warring shots with the cannons first. It's better to give your quarry time to flee instead of 
killing people necessarily. Because like I said, some, some pilots, I actually work with some and they're mostly smugglers. They're, they won't harm me. They more attack other pirates. Yeah, that one, that would be an interesting thing to try. I think if, big if, I'm ever on the seas again, I mean, encounter some pirates, I'll try that. It also works with any type of pursuit. It doesn't even have to be in the water. You just have to make sure that your lightning doesn't accidentally set your surroundings on fire. Yeah, that's why That's why it was safe to do it in the sea. No trees were harmed in this calling of lightning. There are other attacks that are more focused and will cause less damage on a large scale, though. Mm. You sound like you've seen quite a few of them. I've traveled a lot, gotten in a lot of trouble, and gotten attacked on the road more times than I can count. You quickly learn more efficient ways of getting people to leave you alone. And most of the people that would probably cause me trouble know exactly who I am and know not to mess with me. Or anyone I consider to be a friend. Well, that would be... Hmm. Sounds like an interesting life to lead. To say the least. That's one way to describe it. How are your friends taking what happened? Well, Glory is just as insane as ever. Uh, Rim and Aliris, they're, I mean, pretty much unfazed. Ted and I, we're really the only ones that are kind of more sympathetic towards what the people feel and what they've gone through. He actually helped me set up the, uh, the little camp at the edge of town to try and help some people out. Uh, he's, he's not the brightest lamp on the street, but, uh, he's got a good heart. Sometimes that's the important, important part. He also seems to get angry for no reason, which is interesting considering how gentle he is sometimes. Like, he's very, you know, for, for a dragonborn, he's kind of just a really big cuddly puppy. And then, whenever we get into fights, if one of us gets hit, he just goes, No, don't you dare hurt my friends. And then, next thing we know, he's just flying into this red-eyed rage, going around, hitting things. Sounds like a very good friend to have. He is. Also, kind of reminds me of a mother bear. You know, I've drawn that comparison a couple times. He likes to ask if I can polymorph him into a dragon. I, I always have to tell him, no, I cannot. But that dragonborn is the most determined person I have ever seen. Everywhere we go, he wants to know, can I get turned into a real dragon? And does he want to be a dragon so badly? Do you know? Well, his, his great-grandpa was a dragon. Uh, I don't know how that all works. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's odd. It's odd, that's for sure. It's very rare to see a dragon dragon when turned into a dragon. Yeah, it, it usually works the other way on the evolutionary chain. I mean, I told him that I would I would do my best to help him find out how he could maybe become more dragon-like. But, uh... Other than that, I don't I don't have much to help him out. Surprisingly, I don't know if I do either. 
Maybe one day I'll figure something out. Maybe I'll invent something. Who knows? Very possible. There's a lot that people can do with potions. Potions? Spells? I, I knew a friend who was very intelligent. And uh, she... Well, from from what I've heard, this is this is uh, uh, one of our other friends' glory. <laughs> the quote unquote is he would say, "Love of my life, only person that makes me want to live," because he's kind of he, he's kind of crazy. I'm not gonna lie, he's a little crazy. <laughs> but uh, the only thing he says keeps him going is uh, Nim, which is. Rim's twin sister um, and their unborn kid. And so I told him, I said, well, she sounds like a great gal. And he gave me this little book so that I could write to her. Like, you write in it and then she writes in it and she writes back. It's interesting. But I figured if someone can do something like that, make a book into some other form of a book, why can't you do that with a spell or a potion? So I've I've been working on it. Don't tell anyone though. It's not done. Don't tell anyone, but I do know some people who are looking into similar to magic. If you want, I could introduce you in a way, give you a way to communicate and share the ideas. Might help speed things up a bit. That would be helpful. I have been struggling with this one part of the potion. I just cannot find the right ingredient. So I think they I think that would be great. I have books similar to the ones you speak of that I use to communicate with them. I will need to let them know I'm passing it along and well first I also need to get a make a copy of it, but if you're still still here tomorrow morning I can give you one. I'll be here. This is kind of where I sleep now that my hood is destroyed. So uh, you're more than welcome to come back and have breakfast with me. I will. I'm afraid I won't be able to stay much longer past tomorrow. I have other business to attend to, as I found out a couple hours ago. But in the meantime, I'll see what I can do to help with the situation here. I may know some merchants or some smugglers who might be able to bring by some supplies that would be useful. Well, in return for your help, why don't you take a, a couple of these uh, these big old lugs, healing potions that I brew up. Maybe they'll help you on your own travels. It's going to be very useful indeed, because I swear I can't go on this stretch of road without being attacked by something. Well. Also, with some of the people I'm going to go be meeting, I might actually save these for the meeting. <laughs> well... A potion a day keeps death away, you know what they say, so... That is true. I once knew a goblin who threw... I don't know if it was a potion or a magical... He never explained. Lived to be 400. Huh. Uh, he was a strange one. Also mildly terrifying. <laughs> mildly terrifying. That sounds... That sounds like some interesting friends you got there. Yeah, he was on his way to becoming a god. I don't know if he succeeded yet. I should probably go check on him. Well, if a goblin did become a god, I think there's hope for a lot of things in this world. But there is. That's why I continue doing what I do, helping those where I can, and 
doing what I can to make sure the world continues to exist. Well, you did say that your job is to make sure the world doesn't end. So the fact that you're here talking to me right now makes me think that mine's in good hands. It's a lot of worlds to watch, but thankfully if not on my own in this endeavor. I have friends in interesting places. Well, bigger your friend group, the more people you have to call on in your time of need. I thought exactly. And just so you know, I do consider I do consider you to be a friend. Well, I was starting to think this friendship is going to be one-sided. Oh no, never. You're trying to do good for the world. How could I not be your friend? <laughs> well, there's still a lot of work left to do here in order for the world to be fully saved. But I think that I could probably help it along. I think so too. Now come, once we get another round of drinks and talk about ways that we can help start rebuilding the city so I know which strings to pull. Sounds like a fine idea to me. of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. 